Now you got a soundproof booth in here. I'm telling you, we'll put shit on the ceiling. I don't think ceiling is the factor right now. It's coming in through the walls. Yeah, well, we should not do this on on blizzards. Yeah, no. It's... I can't schedule blizzards. It's funny. I actually was said said yesterday, like maybe we shouldn't do this tomorrow if the weather's gonna be bad. Eh. We got one episode in. Well, we're going to get a second episode in. Yeah. Yeah. We, we might die on the way home. Mm. Okay, that's the more valid excuse. Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of A Star to Steer Her By. Woo. Before we get started, I would just like to apologize in advance for any background noise you may be hearing. On date of recording, it is snowing to beat the band outside, and some of the neighbors have already begun uh, snow blowing. To beat the, the band. band? So what you're hearing is not, in fact, the mating call of the Gorn, <laughs> but snow blowing neighbors. Yes, yeah. unfortunately, we just we, we weren't really able to uh, rework this. It's so, not uh, mating we couldn't, for Gorn right now. We yeah. couldn't reschedule the blizzard. Thanks, so. Ames. Listen, I got my, my calendar down tight. <laughs> so yes, apologies for the occasional rumbles. Hopefully they'll be cutting off sooner than later. I apologize for nothing. Nothing. I apologize for the Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's him revving his motorcycle. Oh. Well, possibly hurrah. <laughs> well, introduce the thing, Chris. Right. Uh, so today we are looking at... The Immunity Syndrome and a Private Little War. Uh, we in... certainly are. <laughs> you haven't introduced us yet. Do oh, hell's that? bells, Trudy. Uh, right. So I'm Chris. That's Chris. And that was Ames. I'm Trudy. <laughs> I we're, still we're apologize little... for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're a little punchy now. Apparently. Yeah, this, is, this is Ames. This is Caitlin. This is Jake. That was Trudy. Trudy. <laughs> Hell's bells. Well, see, by way of explanation, I, I unfortunately, because I talk like a 70,000-year-old man, have a tendency to say Hell's bells. Beat the mm-hmm. band. Pete Campbell Thunderation. on uh, <laughs> Mad Men, of course, had his wife Trudy and would sometimes say Hell's bells Trudy. Fiddlesticks. So I would say Hell's bells and Caitlin, being a professional wise ass, would often add Trudy so I just started putting the Trudy on automatically at some point. Yeah, you had to take that from me, didn't so you? So you would say so you turned your old man speak into a pop culture reference. I did. Yeah. I like, did. Like, like our uh, Don't Hurt Yourself Walter. Mm. Yeah, don't Hurt Yourself Walter. There was a lot of hurting yourself Walter in these episodes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> take it away, Chris. Yes, yeah, so as I was saying earlier when I was going out of order, the immunity syndrome. The Enterprise is on its way to, I think, Starbase 6. The number doesn't matter. They just pick numbers out of their asses, I'm sure. Uh, for some much-needed R&R, but on the way, Mr. Spock has an Obi-Wan Kenobi moment. When the starship Intrepid, uh, although it sounds like a, a Starfleet vessel is crewed entirely by, by Vulcans, is destroyed and he can sense it. It's dead. Yes. The ship is dead. Yes. It was 400 Vulcanians. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All cried out. Well, he, whatever, does, he does refer to this the, the death is. screams or something. Mm. But, uh, He's more machine now. Point is, shortly thereafter, as he's, you know, brought down to sickbay to make sure he's not out of his mind. McCoy must get that a lot. Yes. Confirmation is received that contact had been lost with the Intrepid and the Enterprise is being set to investigate. 
on their way, they discover that both the system the Intrepid was supposed to be in is the dead. The Gamma 7A system. Thank you. The Gamma 7A system is dead. Its sun is out and the, you know, there are billions of inhabitants there, but there's no sign of life or anything like dead. that. Yes. And they get there and find a, a hole in space. Not a black hole, mind. Just a big blotch in space that can't see any stars it through black. it. pretty black. I would say. Well, yes, but not a black hole in the sense of... You know, it's not, not, a, a, not a collapsed Well, star. Yes. you see, a black hole is actually a misnomer. Is it? It's not, in fact, a hole. <laughs> we already had this discussion on an earlier episode. Oh, well, good. <laughs> Did you forget that? Uh, I mean, do I remember yesterday? Tomorrow is yesterday. No, that's, no, that's later. tomorrow. <laughs> um, they send some probes in, but doing so causes a feedback loop, which causes a good portion of the crew to pass out, and those that don't get sort of irritable, especially Kirk, because he's a dick. I didn't even know the difference. <laughs> Neither did anyone on the bridge. Yeah. Everyone got really sleepy. That too, that too. They need to take lots of sedatives. <laughs> when that doesn't work, Kirk, Kirk very logically decides, let's just fly the whole Enterprise in. Yeah, we'll get to uh, that, too. Yeah, that goes great. More feedback loops, more pain. Uh, you know, they, 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 uh... Oh, well, yep, everything broke. They what? realize that the only way to beat it is to shoot antimatter at it. Well, that's it. the end. I, I, well, you're jumping. God damn it! I lost my train of thought. I am going to refine Spark it. Spark in the shuttle craft. Well, that hasn't happened they yet. They find the amoeba. So, what yeah, they, they've flown in, and they start losing power, and physics start literally going in reverse, and they realize they've got to figure out what within this black field of nothingness is causing the power drain, which is also killing everyone on board. So, Spock and McCoy fight over who's going to go on a suicide mission in a specially equipped shuttlecraft to find the heart of this thing and scan it. Spock ultimately is chosen, finds a giant space amoeba, is seemingly, you know, killed in the line of duty, reports back an answer, but it's cut off by weak transmission. Kirk ultimately figures out, let's just drop some antimatter in it, because that's anti-power, apparently, even though, no, it isn't. This is the sound of my eyes rolling. Yeah. And uh, so they just fly the Enterprise right into the amoeba, drop an antimatter bomb down its throat, it blows up. They manage to save Spock on the way out. Tractor beam. Everything's fine. They're going to finally go get their R&R, and Kirk is going to fuck some yeoman. It doesn't matter which. Um, all of them. I would posit all of them. Yes. Probably Just in a line. Yeah. I mean, there were two There were two leering moments. There were. There one at the beginning, star, one at the end. It was, was bookended. Two different yeomen. Were they different yeomen? Yes. It was. Yeah. One of them was a red dress, what's, the other one was a blue dress. What's uh-huh. the plural of yeoman? Well, the blue dress probably wasn't a yeoman. Yo-mo. I would guess that yeoman... Well, she was, she was... The blue dress gave him a pad to sign, so... So she could have been science or... Maybe. Maybe. Whatever. It was... There were two... Young, attractive women. I guess they could both be yeoman, just in different departments. Never mind. I'm getting my departments and my mm. rankings mixed up like a fucking I'm, idiot. Well, let's just put it this way: Kirk was gonna get was gonna tip his yeoman that day. <laughs> tip, just, just the tip. 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 Oh. Tip and more. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> He's that amoeba. Easy D. Oh, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was the sound of one of the cats knocking over a model of the uh, the original Enterprise. Doctor, Captain James T. Easy D. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, after the immunity syndrome, there is a private little war. A Vietnam metaphor so unsubtle, they decided to have Kirk spell it out for you, just in case you were really, really not paying attention. Yeah, and probably not the best choice for them to have the Vietnam War parable 
produced during the middle of the Vietnam yeah. War. Yeah. Oh, what's even better, I, I read that they took out a lot of even more obvious references, like that they were originally supposed to be dressed way more, like, <laughs> Viet Cong-esque. Yeah, way, way more Viet Cong-esque, way more Mongolian style. So it's definitely Vietnam and not, like, the Korean War. Well, it could have was... been. Because that's what I was wondering. I was thinking, like, maybe it's the Korean War, but that's because I always forget that the Vietnam War, like, started in the 60s, because I guess I associate it with the 70s? Yeah, it's even it still up. happening in the 70s? Yeah, like, it, it wrapped up in the early 70s. I, I, fuck, guys, I don't know American history. But, um, yes, so, uh, Kirk and company are sent to the planet... Omicron 6. Planet, wait. Space Yalon 9. The, uh, Neural. Planet Neural, even though I don't think they ever state that's his name. Okay. The internet tells me its name is Neural. The third planet in the Zeta Buatis system. Those names are all dumb. Yep. So anywho, they go back to this planet that Kirk had apparently done a survey of 13 years prior, discovering that all the locals were... You know, there were there were two groups of locals, the hill people and the village people, but they all got along. <laughs> the village people. YMCA, yeah. They all, you know, held hands and sung kumbaya, and everyone was very friendly and One of them peaceful. was a construction worker. Yes. And so they're, they're <laughs> popping back now because, you know, they, they think that the planet could be a wealth of medicinal... Um, resources but while they are looking it over they see some some village folk there and they've got flintlock rifles which seems a little weird and uh you know kirk and company look into it and they see klingons in orbit and start to think that perhaps the klingons have been arming one of the two groups in this planet for reasons that i think are never made super clear well, it's a especially sort of proxy war yeah I, for some like because but why are the klingons at all interesting yeah i mean well, this planet is Maybe they the Klingons, maybe they the want Klingons the also stuff? like medicines. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that when we Do get to Klingons it. Do Klingons like medicines? No, but you know what? They probably like to keep them from weak, spongy beings that do like medicines. <laughs> Destroy the planet, then. But yeah, so Kirk, mm. uh, soon, you know, when they... That would be an all-out act of war, probably, right? This planet isn't isn't allied with anybody. It's well, a primitive people. But, but it's it becomes... untouchable. It's untouchable Is by it? both, which means if they blew it up, it probably would spark some kind of uh, yeah, or if it's, space you know, if, war, if, a Star War, if you would say. Or at the very least, if they... Because it sounds like they wanted to set up that guy as the governor on behalf of the Klingon Empire. So at the very least, if the it's Wapella? their planet, they can't give the stuff to anyone else. Anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. Kirk goes looking for his old friend Tyree, who's one of the hill people, but on the way is attacked by a Mugatu, is it called? Yeah. Yeti. Yeah, basically, basically a, a, a Stega Yeti. A, the weird bastard love child of a Yeti and King Koopa. Stegosaurus. Um, <laughs> That's and a rhino. Yeah, and it, it, it its bite poisons Kirk, so they bring him to Tyree, whose wife is a not-at-all-racist witch-doctor character. But I mean, she, hubba, was, hubba. she was white, though, at least. Yeah, but I mean, there was, was a lot of... She was bronzered up, I think. Th- there was a lot she of... She was also horny as fuck. There was, was a lot of uncomfortable on? shit going on. They rubbed those plants on each other, and... Yeah. She cures him, but potentially has some sway over Kirk's mind, and... Kirk and McCoy go on a little recce mission into one of the villages and find that, you know, the, the stuff that's there clearly could not have been made by the locals, and work out that, yeah, the Klingons probably are involved, and then they see a Klingon that clinches it. Was um, he wearing the sparkly pants? The Klingon? Yes, he was. Oh, good, I didn't notice. We had a sparkly top, I don't know about his pants. No, he definitely saw the pants. Okay. When, they, when they were fighting and they, like, keeled them over. Okay, okay good. I, I just wanted to I was like, ah, yes. You forgot, to, you forgot to mention that Spock gets shot in the back. Oh, yeah, Spock gets shot green Vulcan for a B-plot that really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? Tell that to Chapel. Mm. <laughs> Chapel thinks it matters very much. So Kirk is figuring he's got to 
maintain the balance of power by giving similar weapons to Tyree's people, but Tyree's crazy wife wants better weapons. She had earlier seen Doc using his phaser to heat up some rocks in, uh, in I think Sulu what, style. Yeah, the Sulu maneuver. She steals Kirk's phaser when he's in thrall of one of her magic plants, and she tries to bring it to the village folks, but they instead just try to gang rape her. Uh, she gets Jesus lot of murdered in the pride. I mean, that's that what was happens. happening. I mean, we need trigger warnings for both of these episodes. I, I know it's, it's going to be on there. Don't worry. Okay, great. Um, she Murder gets rapings. murdered, and Tyree decides he wants guns after all, and. Avenge. Had to take Kirk is sad, but is gonna do it, and that's how and we then, end it. And then the episode just yours? sort of ends. Yeah. And the MASH theme plays. Oh, that's South Korea. That's the Korean War again. Oh, Alan Alder, I love you. That's yeah. upsetting. Yeah, no, the film version, which is actually, I've seen I don't think it's episodes. sung nearly that high pitch. It's sung <laughs> way better, first of all. Yeah. But yeah, no, they are, uh, it's it's sung in the film. Actually, amusingly, uh, the, the director, whose name escapes me, but is a pretty famous director, had some sort of big argument with the studio. So ultimately, rather than take the sort of usual director's deal, just took a flat rate to do the job, but he didn't get any like residuals or anything. Meanwhile, his son actually wrote the words to what would become the MASH theme. Pulled a Roddenberry, did he? Sounds and, uh, like it. Well, no, he needed someone to, needed someone to uh, write words. And it's some sort of an aspiring song. He's like, oh, what you, and he wrote this whole song. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. And he's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll take a guitar in exchange. He's like, no, no, we'll give you a proper contract. Hmm. Um, but then because that song, even though they didn't use the words, because the song theme was used... In MASH, the TV show. For the TV show, he got residual. So ultimately, Robert Alton... That's the director. Robert Altman's son made more money off of MASH than his father because who, who of the words. Who wrote the actual song? No, who actually just directed the film. The film oh. Yeah. And really established. I mean, a lot of the stuff they established tonally <laughs> in the film would go on to be utilized in the show and really yeah, yeah, yeah. be part of why it was so and successful. I, I, gotta, I gotta see the film. If only to, to Ago Allen all of some more. He's not, he's not in it. The what? only, the only person who's in both, that's what I was going to say, is the guy that plays Radar. Radar oh, is the only person too. who's in both. Rene Aubergeois, though, is in the movie. He's Father yeah. Mulcahy. I love Father Mulcahy. That's right, a young Rene Aubergeois. Yeah, and he still looked kind of middle-aged. Mm. He's never been young, that man. I guess not. <laughs> anyway, Just that like was you, a, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that was a mash tangent. So, let's get the ball rolling with the immunity syndrome. What's immu- what is immune about this episode? Because they're like antibodies immune, against immune a virus. I was immune to enjoying it. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, that thing, they, they really, I mean, this comes a little later, but one of, my, one of my notes was like, they really had to hammer home the idea that this amoeba was a virus so we could be okay with the fact that they're going to kill it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, one of my big notes is just, I don't understand this science they're trying to explain. Because they did so much just explaining what the critter was and how this thing worked and what this black hole that wasn't a black hole was and i was like i'm lost you're not gonna get me back just make something happen you know please. this i gotta be honest with you, this is v- v'ger level bullshit going on v'ger, v'ger? what is that the star trek the motion picture it's, it's the oh. same story 
basically. Oh, V'ger though. Well, it's, it's got a twist. That's what it is. Five minutes longer. V'ger is yeah. like half this, half Nomad. Why is it called V'ger? It, because it, it's a, it, it's a spoiler for the film. It makes sense in the oh. film. But um, see, V'ger though makes sense. I mean, it's long and kind of boring, but it makes sense. This was just weird. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. It was. What? I didn't hate it, but it wasn't great. What it know? boils down to me is, you know, they know. The Intrepid is, quote-unquote, dead, even though it's a ship. They know that this whole system is dead, even though it's a system. They mean all the people are no longer alive, Yeah, I, I presume. And I think they say, do say what the star is like now, just... Yeah. Well, because they, they know, the thing feeds on energy. Well, they don't know it at the time. <laughs> well, they figure They out. know something is up. Yeah. They're flying out there, and they see this big fucking thing. And they decide, oh, something's going on out here, and there's this big fucking black area that you can't see the stars through let's fly through it yeah what the what the actual fuck guys someone probably should have stopped kirk from doing that yes yeah kirk should have stopped kirk from doing that because it makes no (laughs) sense he's like that black hole killed my friends ah no no that's the white whale really they killed spock's friends if anything well which is why he was pushing so hard to be the one to Nobly sacrifice himself to find the cause. I mean, th- they never even say that's what they were doing, though. They say, oh, we have to go out to the Gamma 7A system and see what happened. And they say, oh, there's this big hole in the way. And not, let's go around it. Yeah. Well, Which they were. Would make sense. They were ordered to go investigate it by Starfleet. Invest- well, well they, they, were, they were told to go to the system. I don't were, know if they were told to fly into a black hole. Well, they were. I think they were told well, to figure out what were happened. They were not ordered to survive. Yeah. So. They were told to go and see <laughs> what they had to tell him so. Yeah, I feel like Kirk was throwing a little shade at him in his little not at all rousing speech to yeah. the troops. He well, said he, something about like good. he needs to take morale boosting speeches one oh one. Yeah. For sure. I think they are specifically sent to try to figure out what happened with the intrepid, which would imply, you know, if there's a weird space mystery in the vicinity of the intrepid's destruction, that might have something to do with it, so take a peek. Yeah, but they just fly into the thing. Yeah, no, that's like, that's stupid. Oh, oh, there's this fucking thing. It's what it's what killed our guy. Let's see what it is instead of just keep flying. Whatever, we don't care. Well, if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't discover the giant space amoeba. And then it was Who gonna. Who cares about the giant? Because well, then it would have spawned, spawned and would start well, so murdering more systems. So would the Doomsday systems. Machine. So would every. So well, no, so would they could tell so would have in the process of dividing. Well, so was uh, uh, um, Kirk's cloud monster. And they killed that. They blew, destroyed a planet for that. Every single giant critter that they encounter out in space that's going to kill everything is about to spawn. That's true. That's true. I mean, if it's just a critter out in space, you just post a sign that says, avoid giant dangerous critter. critter. But if it's splitting (laughs) and it's going to take over the galaxy, well, then you need to do something. And it might just involve antimatter. I thought halfway through the episode that the solution was going to be for, to start giving all of the crew downers. <laughs> because that would have been a way better because solution. Because up was down and left right, was right. Because once we figured episode. out that it was opposite day in this place, that McCoy had been jacking everybody off with uh wow. <laughs> jacking everybody up want to be on that on the uh, ship that day hey, yeah oh hey blackie How with you um know? with stems Thank that you. uh you know you should take some uh some downers to to counteract that yeah and yeah. some pizza rolls take pizza not pizza rolls pizza rings <laughs> yes 
They should have just put some uh, tin foil in the microwave, seen what happened there. Don't cross the streams. Yeah, no, I did. There were some things that didn't make a lot of sense. Like, the resolution just felt lazy. You know, it's like you're expecting it to be something interesting and unique because physics has gone crazy, but instead they're just like, another antimatter bomb? Yeah, antimatter bomb. Man, we do those. It's, it's either that or try to talk it to death. Yeah. So, it, this week it's this one. Hey, Amoeba, you're going to destroy the entire universe. Maybe you should kill yourself. What does <laughs> Amoeba need with a starship? <laughs> Amoeba, you destroy the universe. You'll destroy where you are. That's illogical. Here, here's some crazier questions. Intrepid. The, the ship that's full of the Vulcans that all get dead. Yeah. Spock relays information that he's felt with his Vulcan powers, because he has so Vulcan many mind. Vulcan powers. Um, and even McCoy is like, Wait, I thought you needed physical contact. No, Doctor, because you see... <laughs> Vulcan, have I shown you my salute yet? So Spock tells us the, that... The one-finger salute? <laughs> yes. The McCoy salute. The McCoy salute. <laughs> no, Spock tells us that he felt from the people as they were about to die that they were surprised by it, that they, they didn't know that they were about to die. So how... What actually happened to them? Because the Enterprise goes in there knowing something's up. Because they can see our power is draining. A lot of us are fainting randomly. Mm. We're all very irritable and, and weird about it. If we try to go forward, we go backward. If we try to go backward, we go forward. Or whatever the fuck that was. And yet the Vulcans die surprised as if they didn't realize any of this was happening. Well, two things. Two things. Oh, shit. First, That's a lot of things. you know, they do mention that when the Intrepid and Crit came across the Amoeba. It was hungry. Yeah, so it probably drained their shit a lot faster. So it didn't. So the amiibo didn't have the black hole thing at the time. It probably did, but it probably drained their power so fast they didn't have time to stop and try to figure out what was going on. I feel like Vulcans always try to figure out what's going on. Yeah, the Vulcans, Vulcans, they but they wouldn't, they wouldn't have had the time. That's what I mean. Like, because it says it, that the the only reason why they had so much time to like figure the shit out like, was because it was kind of full. Yeah, they were like, oh well, if it was like on the alert and hungry and shit, we. <laughs> oh. So basically, yeah, they would have been trying, oh. but like, would you like it? Would you like yeah. an Enterprise, sir? Oh, I just it's four hundred Vulcans. It's man. only with your thin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also took out the, the Gamma 7 Aces. <laughs> yeah. Bring me a bucket. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Monty Python jokes. <laughs> so there's that. There's the whole, they were just, their systems were taken down too fast for them to try to think. And, uh, shit, what was number two? I don't know. Two they were Vulcans. They were probably too far up their own asses. Well, to they, what was going actually, that's, that's the third thing. Is is of course, as Kirk pointed out, they wouldn't be able to think of illogical solutions. Ah, take that again, logic. Mm. Show's really anti-logic. Wow, it's almost like 2017 America. <laughs> ah, Alternative uh, logic. Do you, laugh, do you laugh just to keep from crying? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, so political. So, so edgy, guys. You get blown up too quick. Cut yourself I'm, on that I'm edge. I'm the edge lord. That's why. And, uh, <laughs> what was the other thing? I have no idea. I asked the question. I know, but it was uh, power siphon too fast. Logic third thing. Uh, I had a second. The second point. thing was question marks. The third thing. The third thing is <laughs> the profit. fourth thing. Is the second profit. thing was actually kind of the better point. I think. No Kirk. They had no Kirk to tell them what to <laughs> no do. No Kirk to be <laughs> fucking stupid. Um, Whatever. It's not that yeah. important. It's a dumb thing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of shitty. I mean, there was a so. lot of, you know, the, the soundtrack this episode had a lot of the blah, 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 yeah. Yeah, blah, 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 
Yeah, that that, that you, thing, yeah. you know, shit's about to get real yeah. song. Yeah, that's the the equivalent of throwing Worf across the room. So, <laughs> so misleading though, because nothing ever fucking happens in this episode. It's oh, like, that was the other point. Whoa, oh, sorry, they probably weren't as badly affected. By oh, the because light. they're Vulcans. Because Spock really didn't seem to have been affected at all by anything That's true, anything that's true. As, as Uhura's, like, passed out on the floor. Yeah, so, like... He's looking down, like... Like, I'm their fine. systems might have freaked out, but they probably physiologically were fine. Yeah, that was my other kind of So they gripe. wouldn't have had that extra layer of... Oh, shit. My, my other kind of gripe is, you know, if everyone is dying, even if they're hyped up on these stims and whatever else that Doc is pumping How through How are they everybody, functioning at all? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, yeah. they all seem... Fairly cool. Yeah. Even I mean, occasionally like, someone... sweaty looking. Though. Yeah, occasionally yeah. somebody goes, Oh, I have the vapors. Poor <laughs> Leslie face plants. Because so, <laughs> Leslie's alive again. Do you Maybe think, if you, have, do you think if, if you have 400 Vulcans all living on the same ship that their pond fars will line up? See, I said that back when we were... First got to that episode. Well, we didn't know that there was a that there was a Vulcan ship at that time. Well, no, but I talked about Vulcans have their own oh, their own space navy, certainly. If so, then that ship must stink. There's a stank in that ship. Wait, why? Saw the Vulcans jizzing all over the place. <laughs> They're pond faring. It's once every seven years. It stinks once every seven years. <laughs> the rest of the time, it's a neutral smell. But it, but it takes stink. seven years to air it out afterwards. But it wouldn't stink because they'd be like, oh, fuck, we're all about to have Ponfar. Quick, back to the homeland. And then they stink up their own homes and then that, they go back that, to the ship. That must be a really tense like week when they all realize it and have to start hitting. That thing, though, that's assuming they all have it at the same time. Well, well, the other thing, too, though, is that, like, up. you see how freaked out Spock got before, yeah. like, yeah. he just started ending like a shithead. There must be, like, an There's autopilot s- button to, like, activate the case emergency Ponfar. button, yeah. There is soup all over those walls. They keep one human on board to pilot the ship when they're on Ponfar. Oh, God. It was Dr. Mbenga back in the day, now it's someone else. Mm. I forgot about the soup. Poor Nurse Chapel. Lining up Ponfars on Vulcan ships must be a nightmare. It would be really inconvenient if they weren't aligned, because then you'd be constantly yeah, going back to, make to Vulcan. Trips. Then you'd yeah. have to make sure ahead of time for logistical purposes. Maybe there's some kind of Vulcan birth control, or they just make sure people are paired up with their. Well, that's a other good point. Yeah, that's actually maybe that's what it is. Make sure they're with them, mm. but they need to is. do the whole ritual ceremony. Thing. I think that's only that's for just the, the marriage. Ceremony. Yeah, yeah, that was the engagement. And as we even said at the normal time, Vulcan sex is just a little ooh, down, two fingers down your wrist. I think that's just the four. And points. also, as we even said on the episode, it's unclear. Do you think the two fingers go after they go down the wrist? Jesus uh, the Christ. pink, maybe one in the stink? I really don't know. No. It's, I feel like we talked about that at the time, <laughs> too. But we said it in the episode that it was a little unclear, too, is if like that full-blown ceremony is something all Vulcans do, or just like, because they established Spock comes from a really old, sort of, important family, so... But anyway, that was a yeah. different episode. It is weird, though, because it seems like, just based on the name, the Intrepid must have been a Starfleet vessel. So yeah, yeah, the USS some sort of, Intrepid. Yeah. I'd love to know what, what, what system, what, what sort of exchange program idea it was, where it's like, let's have a Starfleet ship, but crew it entirely with Vulcans, well, they just to this. see what happens. They revisit it in DS9, when um, Cisco has a rivalry with the captain of a Vulcan ship. But he's, uh, that's, is that when they play their fucking baseball that's when game? They, and they, and God they damn that result, fucking baseball game. Like, I hate that Vulcan episode so much. The Vulcan pinned Cisco in a wrestling match have to watch it again. in college. But it's actually a Vulcan ship, though, right? It's a, no, no, it's a Starfleet ship. Oh, but crewed all by Vulcans? Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, because they went to the academy together. And he's got a stick now. That might actually be a problem. 
It seems fine. It's just a stick. Um, I'm gonna say something about. Oh, and and I mean, we also learn in in Vulcan when we visit that, or not even in Vulcan, we learn from Spock's father that it's like frowned upon almost that he frowns upon his son for joining Starfleet instead of. Well, it's unclear if that's a cultural thing or or just 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 him him. being kind of a tight. Well, again, it could be because it's like the family tradition too. Yeah, Yeah. Sarek is a. But, yeah, yeah Sarek's a real fucking tight ass, though. And yet he has a human wife, so there's clearly some sort of chilled-out aspect to him. Well, I think, I think I'm guessing that he was like, hmm, I'm going to become the Vulcan ambassador to Earth. How could I better understand these Earthlings than by banging one of them? Was, Even heard the two fingers. Or he was like stuck on Earth as in, when his pawn far kicked in and it was an emergency measure. Yeah, well, that doesn't he, explain he why he been... later marries another human woman. So. Yeah, well, by then he's got a full blown human fetish. So he did. He was never like matched up with someone as a as a kid like Spock was. Well, if we go by Star, if we go by Star Trek Five, his first wife was a Vulcan, and that's the one he had Cybok with. Mm. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> do we have to go by Star Trek Five? We do. Can we just pretend that it doesn't exist and that, like, he was engaged at a young age, but she died of... Or she pulled a... Vulcan pneumonia. The same thing that Spock's would-be wife did. She had her own Ston that she would rather fuck with a big square head. He was also Ston. Ston's dad. The Ston family tradition is to fuck up that family's... (laughs) Wow, we are are mostly talking about Vulcans in old episodes. We really enjoy... You know why? Because this episode was hot garbage, and I'd rather talk about Pon Far. There were some some other bits. I'm going to reel it back in and keep keep with the Vulcan theme. All right, get it, girl. But in the immunity syndrome. So we get both Spock and McCoy volunteering for a suicide mission, which is crazy town. McCoy... Spock, I think, just wants to go try to mind bell with the thing. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, that's can, all can he I put ever my fucking hands does. Outside the ship. That, that's you don't need thing. to use your hands sometimes because Vulcan hurt a bird. That's part of the special equipment, actually. Sometimes I don't need to use my hands, but I gotta be watching really good stuff. <laughs> Masturbation. <laughs> but that was part of the special <laughs> equipment. Anti matter. They put on one of those, like, you know how sometimes in movies they'll have that thing where, like, someone's in a lab and they gotta put their hands through gloves in, yeah. a, in a wall? It's like that was gloves to the outside. You mean like Spock should have done in Wrath of Khan? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And he puts the hands through and he sort of mind melds with the amoeba that way. But no, less weird than that, though, more weird rather than Spock, was McCoy seemed really eager. He was so, he was like smiling ear to ear when he thought that he was he chosen literally, to kill himself. He literally like bounced on his toes. And it's the like, thing is, the thing is, like, McCoy, because he McCoy, Spock. McCoy, what are you doing volunteering for thing? You're the chief medical officer, and you're the most <laughs> useful person on the fucking ship. No, here, here's what happened. Here's, here's the imaginary alternate uh, ending to this episode where McCoy goes on the suicide mission. The Galileo leaves Le- the leaves ship, and then, he's like, and then Sky's like, Captain, I don't understand. She's, the Galileo's heading out of the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Kirk, you insane bastard! I'm free! <laughs> and then he gets eaten by a space whale. God damn it! He also yeah. left his communicator inside the amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. But no, he was like going on about like, oh, the big scientific discovery. I think he was just thinking like, well, I'll die, but something might get named after me. Yeah. Mm. He's already got like an infant somewhere named after him. <laughs> Forgot about the infant. Yeah, but the, the universe will forget the infant. Yeah, that's true. They no one's going to forget the... McCoy maneuver. Leonard McCoy... Death Memorial amoeba. amoeba. The McCoy amoeba. 
McMead? That just sounds like a terrible... Oh, it's like a McFlurry. Every time you eat at McDonald's, you probably get McMeebas. That's going to be in the... That's like going to be the future eh? in, our, in Soylent Green times. Well, I, of, uh, I saw an article online yesterday. They think they found a way to make Ooh. passable fake blood Ooh. out of yeast. So that what you can do is you can put this, this faux blood into a veggie burger to make it realistically juicy. Ooh. Wow. It just makes yeah. me want to die. That just sounds yeah. awful. Isn't that, a, isn't that the premise of, like, true blood? I have no idea. I've never seen it. True blood is... Um... I don't know if it's made of yeast, but true blood but it's is... Like there's, it's a blood... There's synthetic blood. Yeah, and it doesn't taste as good. Just yeah. like veggie burgers. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so yes, it basically is. It's vampire veggie burgers. That's uh, a really great name for a monster. Yeah. That sucks blood. It's the Hemogoblin. Hey! Hemogoblin. Ah! Nice. Cute. <laughs> but yeah, they're really eager for this like for this death mission. Spock and McCoy have their, as Caitlin put it, better love story than Twilight. Seriously, Aww. they're so in love. Spock, shut up, Spock! We're rescuing you. <laughs> I love you. I wish I could quit you. I hate that line so much. Oh, I've never seen the movie. No, wait, but... there was another line in fucking Broke Back. It was, uh, I miss you so much it hurts sometimes. In the middle of a, of a movie pe- theater full of people who are like near crying, I oh, burst out laughing. Did you? Yep. Good for you. I did, and all my friends looked at me I, and I was I'm like, sorry. it's funny. Unless you are 15, that is the well, worst thing to say. No, that's... And I, the person you the, say that to the... should literally dump you. <laughs> anyway, Ames, you were going to say something. Was I going to say something? Poor Ames. James is always trying to say things. Uh, We're sorry, James. I'm, I don't know. I'll look at mine now. What is, yeah. Does anyone... I mean, it just... It was... I actually... I mean, I didn't mind the episode. You can't think about it too much or it falls apart. I think they did a decent job of building tension and stuff. But there was, like... I, there was that whole thing about Vulcans never had a conqueror, so that's mm. why they died. That didn't make any fucking sense. No, no. That's how he could tell what had happened. was because, like, deeply ingrained in everything they know and everything they've ever known... It's like the possibility of being conquered doesn't exist. So Which is at odds with that really early line McCoy said last season. Oh, yeah. No, no wonder, wonder you, you guys were, were conquered. conquered. <laughs> so, where's my continuity? Well, you know, here's the thing. It's not that they... It's that they've never called it a conquering. Like, mm. The Vulcans are like, that wasn't a conquering. No, no, they, they were just visitors for it's a while. just like how we've never lost a war. Yeah. Because we haven't had a declared war since World exactly. War II. And Vietnam was totally not a war. No, it's police action. Yeah, but that's next episode. And in Civil War, everyone wins, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing about the Civil War is that no matter what side you're on, America still wins. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, if you were a Confederate, you people lost. Stop flying that rebel fucking flag. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Brother against brother. That got nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) With my dying words, I curse McCoy. Yes, if you're from New England, definitely stop waving that fucking flag because then it's not about fucking losing a battle. It's just that you're racist. Listen, yeah. listen. Oops. Don't tread on me. Look, that's I'll, a different thing. Don't I'll tread on me was the revolution. That it's the, also just, but it's also a stupid flag. Sounds like a libertarian yeah, thing. It is. It is. It is. It's it's, I'll grant that the Confederate battle flag or whatever it is it that's formally called is actually very aesthetically pleasing. The stars and bars. Yes, but at the end the of the day. It has oh, I been. Thought it was the... No, the stars and bars actually looks a little bit more like an American flag. Oh. Yeah. Why did I'll I think that it... those things were interchangeable? Because because uh, the stars and bars I think might be the official state flag of the 
Confederacy. Okay. Yeah, the one that's often flown by by racists and people who refuse to admit that their rebellion failed. Not just racists. Is that? Uh, well, and I said people that refuse to admit their rebellion failed. That 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 was actually one of the like battle flags, but it somehow became remembered as the flag of the Confederacy, yeah, which again that's lost. The, that's the stars and bars. It's just it's like a shitty American. It kind of looks, yeah, like, looks a, like the original one. The uh, it looks like a, a rough draft of the Puerto Rican flag almost. Mm. No, the Texas flag. One of them. I. Geography's terrible. What was the point of all this? I have no idea. Uh, I just wanted to make this fun of the Confederacy. Um, oh, Civil War. Everybody wins. Oh, yeah, We yeah, haven't yeah. lost a war because we haven't had a war in a long time. Declared formally since World War II. Yes. Mm. So, Even the Korean War wasn't a war? Nope. Why do we call it the Korean War? That was just in popular culture. Politically, it was not a declared war. Fascinating. Yeah. Like, Vietnam, again, was officially a police... We still call it the Vietnam War, The Vietnam but... police action just doesn't have the same ring. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the police action of 1812. That was a war. Which... The revolutionary police action. <laughs> um, uh... Yeah, I didn't have a ton of notes. It's it's yeah. a strange little beast of an episode. Again, I didn't hate it, but again, if you think about it for more than a few minutes, it kind of shows the weakness in the armor. Hmm. I did read that the the ending line, the you know, we need to take a what was it? Take some rest on a on a nice little planet yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It was used at the horse at the at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And Shatner and the director Joseph Pevney ad libbed it for the end to actually have an end line because it was supposed to just end with them leaving. <laughs> well, off we go. Bye. End of episode. Here's some guns. Peace. No, that's the next episode. Oh. But that one did just kind of end. Son of a bitch. You're right. God damn it. That worked, though. I like the little yeah. book endings of Kirk just being like, I'm going to get fucked. Book ending is pretty nice by any any yeoman around. <laughs> I also looked up just for reference because I was curious. So the single-celled organism that we meet, Sally, I call him, <laughs> uh, is 11,000 miles wide is what they say. It's pretty wide. Uh, for reference, just so we all appreciate how big, how big the single-celled organism is, the diameter of the Earth is just under 8,000 uh, miles across. Okay. So, bigger than the Earth. Wait, 11,000 miles? The creature? Yep. Holy shit. That's what they said. Holy yep, yep. shit. They said, so oh, like, yes. That's the Earth like almost half over again. Yep. It's fucking insane. It's big. big Although Earth is taller. Because it's only between two and 3,000 miles. Tall? High or whatever the other dimension was supposed to have been. Mm. So, I got nothing... I, and presumably, is it is it flat or? Is that was it, the impression. Is it I got. round? Relic- I mean, probably. Are it's flat. probably flat in the sense that, like, if you looked at it, it's still incredibly wide. In reality, but relative to its flat, its other sort of facing yeah, it, it head on, it mm. seems quite thin. Although, isn't there much like this logic? Not not to pull this yet again, but isn't there a TNG Jake where they come across? A creature or an entity or a, Big a collective that they can't see at first because it is perfectly two-dimensional and they're looking at it from the wrong angle. Eh, I don't remember. That's funny. That's probably true. That, that, that's, I feel like that's that. one of the few episodes I saw of the originals. Like, and it, it's fucking with Troy because like she can sense them telepathically, but they can't find it any other way. And yeah. she gets sent to sick bay for being yeah, a mental case. And like I said, they end up realizing it's like just it's so flat. That if you look at it from the wrong angle, you can't see it, and that's the angle they're looking at it from. Oops. Did you end up seeing any of Flatland, that movie that I found that time? No, I meant to. Check it out sometime. It's 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 very interesting because you know it's it's based on the on the book where yeah. all you all you can see is if like you're looking at the edge of a table from table's height. Yeah. And then you know if something three D passes through, all you see is that slice. True. So you don't know that it's three D because all you see is the slice of it. Mm. 
Yeah. And then the the two dimensional critter, the square, visits Lineland, which is only only one dimension. It's just a line, mm. and he passes through Lineland, and he's just a dot. <laughs> That's funny. And and all the critters in Lineland are like, no, you're not you're not two dimensions. You're a dot. You're like us. And he's like, <laughs> he says, no, no. It's just that you can't see the rest of me. Say so it's a clever it's a clever uh, book slash film slash yeah. whatever else it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's an alien. Yeah, there's an alien. And they blew it up. But it was a virus, so it's okay. Uh, yeah. Is the, was, gin, is the gin catching up with Foghorn Jacorn? <laughs> I say, I say. So, do we want to move on? Yeah. We really got nothing else for this one. I got nothing else We for haven't had one. anything for this at all, period. We've talked about the worst everything but this episode. of our show ever. No, no this episode is great. It was just <laughs> that, that episode wasn't great. It was just really, really I mean, boring. The, the I thing know. is, I was about to say, it's like, I feel like we, we do our best when either something's really great, we can all talk about how great it was, or something is so astronomically bad, we can really shit on it, channel our rage. But this is just... Eh. Okay, well, what, what did you guys think of A Private Little War, then? Uh, really? I'm going to have to give a big eh to that one. I mean, like I said in the intro, it's heavy hand enough to begin with. Yeah. And then Kirk has to go, do you remember the eight East Asian bush wars of the 20th century? And McCoy's like, no. Well, <laughs> here's what's happening right now in 1968. And it was like, oh. <laughs> also, they just open up with the whole, like, noble savage thing. Like, they just have... Bows and arrows, but live in perfect harmony. Which, mm. you know, that's this sort of very... I mean, admittedly, like, it, it's... It's really it's ideal. It's a pretty trophy trope. Well, it's a very racist sort of thing that people like to believe about the Native Americans. was like, no, they only knew peace and harmony, which, I mean, no, yeah, No, they battle each other. You're right, lot. but it's also, even the noble savage thing, like, it seems complimentary because you're saying, oh, they're so peaceful, but it's also claiming they're sort of... Lacking dimension at the same time, taking away a certain amount of agency from them. But they're going to send down a hundred serpents. Oh, God. And then the fucking witch doctor wife. Like the... But she had awesome pants. I'm, she did. I can just say... Like, Loved her pants. At least, at least they didn't, like, go too bad. Like, yeah, they like could full bone in the nose. Yeah, they could have... They could have gone worse She was at least her. a white lady and, like... Although, as you said, under, like, bronze. 18 they did tons put some of browns around her. Yeah. Or she was just, like, out in the sun way too much. Mm. Which makes sense because the, they were the, they were obviously on planet Greater L.A. <laughs> no, no, mm. Garden of Eden. It's another fucking space Garden of Eden. Yeah, how many of those are there? Shit. Which, Too fucking many. And like, what? The, we just talk about no. the non-interference directive here. That makes no sense. Well, just the fact that we've just come from the gangster planet. Why are we giving these fancy heaters to these to these primitives? <laughs> so wow, these primitives. So yeah, they're it's, primitives. It's, it's 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 heavy-handed as fuck. It's kind of uncomfortably pseudo-racist, even though everyone's white. It's just it's not great. And also, yeah. So I tried to figure that out too, Jake. So like, what the fuck is going on here? The impression I'm under because Kirk had to swear Tyree to silence is that when Kirk was there doing his survey 13 years ago, he was probably in disguise, and like he even started to try to claim to. The fuck was the wife's name? Nona. Nona. That he's like, no, I'm just a stranger from a different valley or whatever. She's like, yeah, he already told me. So I feel like mm-hmm. maybe that because at first I was annoyed with that. It's like, how are you going to be non-interfering if you were already here doing a survey 13 years ago? Yeah, your buddies. With but it sounds guys. like he was probably mostly undercover 13 years before. Listen, every every away mission that you get to wear a costume is a good away mission. Mm. They they run with that more in later series too. Hmm. Enterprise does it a lot at first. One know. of the Kelvin timeline movies like. Opens with that. 
too. The second one? Darkness, yeah. Although I don't think they're in full costume. They're just hiding from the locals uh, as they try they to freeze wearing... a volcano. Uh... Yeah, and the locals are like chasing after them with spears. And yeah. It's very not cool. Yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable. Everything about that movie was uncomfortable. That's true. I did like the idea of them freezing a volcano, though. That was... And the Enterprise rising out of the ocean, even if it doesn't make sense, looked great. Mm. Mm. But yeah, so this episode, like, I, I did, my immediate reaction wasn't quite so visceral, but now that I'm saying it out loud, I really didn't like this one. <laughs> huh. The wigs were really bad. Oh, they were oh, all horrendous! Christ. Like, all of them. It, Not it, a one was good. No, and like, the only thing that saved Nona's from being really bad was that hers had bangs, so you couldn't see the obvious, like, start of where the wig started in the face be- ended began. but i still feel like it was obviously a wig oh no it definitely was but it, was it looked better. like it was but always was... kind of half ready to fly off her head yeah but it was better than like some of the guys who looked like they had got a cheap afro wig from the fucking halloween store like some of it was so bad i mean a lot of those let's be honest made walter koenig's wig from when no he first that's started a bridge look, too far look no. Almost passable. No, no. Well, all right. The first one wasn't bad. It was that second. There was there was an episode where he had a different wig, yeah. where it was cut really badly. Yeah. So that is like the worst of the wigs. Yeah. That was the worst. So maybe these were a little better than that, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess they were better than that one, but they were worse than his standard wig. And nothing has ever been as bad as Lazarus's horrible beard. Oh my oh. god. That's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, God. Dipping it into his soup. Remember how I said on an episode that I usually edit these during lunch and I had to edit that? Yeah, you're welcome. I then had to edit that discussion. And I'm going to have to edit this discussion. You're welcome. At lunch. Yet again. Unless I think ahead of time and make sure to not do this on a lunch break. You won't. You'll forget. I will will completely forget. Completely. So I'll say it again. You're welcome. Yeah. And like, I I just feel like this episode had so, so many like dropped threads and yeah. just like shit that just didn't work like nope. the Klingons like we, we see one Klingon and they don't even interact with them at all except like, to like kick him in the back and then run yeah because McCoy's like can't help but fiddle with his tricorder when he's trying when he's hiding well they are terrible hiders Kirk too. did tell him to get as much as possible so he's probably thinking I'll record this Klingon talking so that we have even more firm evidence that they're breaking treaties and shit it's like how you can't turn off the shutter sound on your uh, on your cell, cell phone. phone. Yeah, 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 it's just tricorder's always going. Woo. <laughs> you know what's what's funny is, and, and this is this I almost got I almost got angry reading Memory Alpha for this episode. So the the Klingon that we see was originally written to be Kor, the same Klingon that we saw in Errand of Mercy. But Bob Justman, who was the producer or some such at the time, nixed the idea. Said, "No, just let him be some nameless Klingon, because the likelihood that we'd actually see the same Klingon twice is so unfathomable that no one would buy it." And I'm like, "Really, really? We just saw an obsession that it's the same fucking like cloud monster, and no one questioned that." What? <laughs> ah! What? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh god, Chris is gonna have a stroke. There is a coronary oncoming. Wow, I just watched your face, your face so red. go from fucking pasty Irish to fucking tomato sauce red. Like I don't know what you just did. Are you all right? Have you has your heart stopped working? Okay, I think he's all right. Also, I mean, I don't know. That would be the good. Recurring. Antagonists. It makes more sense that you'd have a recurring guy from a government your government is angry at and he's got a spaceship. Well, I was going to say, and especially because if, like, the Enterprise is, like, one of 12 ships or whatever. Well, I think, Starfleet, I think it's 12 of its kind. 
Oh. Well, 11, because what's it was destroyed. Well, still, how many could there possibly 10 be? 10 if the Intrepid was one of them. How many could there possibly be, though, I guess is the point. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I feel like, yeah, okay, even if you're like, oh, it's unrealistic, at the same time, you would still want to have the same villain appear again. As, as a and plus, a maybe, thing. if right. it was core, maybe they'd have written a better episode. Because they'd insist on having some interaction between yeah, them there'd and be this a, and that. There'd be, there'd be We'd down. have a better episode. They should have yeah. brought back Koloth. Back... He would have jazzed it up. <laughs> yeah, he would have. Harpsichording uh, around. Cl- clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly Shatner and, and Gothos, I can't think of his real name, just enjoyed seeing each other far too much. I mean, it's mm. great, but that really showed in the time they interacted, you know? It's, like, it's you again! Mm. Ah. Well, it's like, you know, William in terms of, like, making it, uh, going back to making it core, in, you know, in TNG, there's a, a Romulan commander that, that they're always running up against, which is Tomalock, and it's great. Like, Tomalock. Yeah, he's a shithead. Tomalock. He's, like, he's a Tom good foil Lush. for Picard. Yeah. Because they always, like... Meet in this basically the same situation where they're always meeting, and Tomalak's like, "Ah, I got the drop on you, Picard. Now I'm gonna blow up your ship and kill all your crew. So you better just surrender." And then it turns out that Picard was thinking ahead and <laughs> Klingons hiding. Well, and there's a recurring Andorian and Enterprise who, you know, after a while, hey, it's this guy again. This is great. Yeah, as, as fans of a show, you like to see continuity like that. And again, that isn't as much of a stretch as Kirk constantly running into old girlfriends and jizz clouds. Other how, how fucking... long has it been? <laughs> Koloth, how long has it been? <laughs> Three years. <laughs> six months and an odd number of days. Oh, Koloth, I've missed you so. Oh, man. <laughs> I, want... <laughs> I want that episode so bad now. Oh. God, but yeah, this this episode was fucking rough. Oh, oh, oh! Let's let's talk about Nurse Chapel and Spock. Oh, man. oh, right, the B plot that oh, was completely unnecessary. Harder, harder, faster. I got, I'm Ooh. telling you, every fucking Taper. every episode we watch now, I'm like, Jesus, somebody was kinky as fuck. On this it was show. probably Roddenberry. Probably. I mean, this this I mean, episode. At, I, mean, I don't know if they're married at the time, but he's like, uh, Major, go slap Spock around and pretend he likes it. Yeah, and then it's like, mm. this ain't working. All right, bring in the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Vulcan specialist. Yeah. I don't think we ever see him again, which is too bad because I really like that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a we, we, we saw him. He yeah, had yeah, a fair yeah. bit of personality and character. I feel like him and McCoy would bounce really well they off of each other because he's yeah, got Dr. so much sass. He's like, he probably knows you were holding his hand too, and she's just like, ooh. But I also feel like he'd probably be like a little more like. Not that McCoy isn't professional. I was going to say, you're going to say professional? <laughs> McCoy lets sort of his own irascibility come through. So I feel like this guy would be a little more by the book, especially having spent a lot of time, it sounds like, with the Vulcans. I know. Every, so they every, have a nice bounce off of each every other. Every element of, of Vulcan physiology and biology and, and, and any of the other ologies astounds <laughs> McCoy. Like, he's never heard of such things before. Like, yeah. what? You can, you can sense... Critters dying on another ship? What? You have extra eyelids and another tongue somewhere I don't want to know? Well, well being fair, even Spock had forgotten Chapel about his knows extra tongue. <laughs> to his butthole. Uh, Damn it, I was going to say that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, that that's... But, that, that, but again, that whole B-plot, while it led for some interesting stuff, was 
unnecessary. It was. You could cut the whole Spock has been injured plot out and lose nothing except some time. Well, here's what you lose, though. You lose Spock being a wet blanket the whole time about contaminating the, the like... Like, McCoy goes down to the planet, he's just waving his finger That's around. true, he is. It's amazing. Lighting up rocks, doing cool shit, doing tricks with a yo-yo and stuff. <laughs> like, showing off his future tech and, like, meanwhile, they were literally getting, there There was, like, literally people going to attack them and Spock's like, no, we can't use our phasers, Captain. Yeah, no, McCoy didn't give a fuck. I did enjoy that. McCoy yeah. never gives a fuck. No. He hates everything about space exploration. He doesn't like being on the ship. He doesn't like the fucking transporters. He doesn't like Jim's fucking bullshit. He doesn't like sharing the fucking bridge with a green-blooded hobgoblin. <laughs> fucking Doc gives no fucks. He probably is hoping really hard to be discharged. He's just like, what can I fucking do to get out of this? You know, They'll who... have to drop me off if I commit some fucking war crimes and shit. <laughs> oh my God. Like, he's out. He's like, I want my fucking mint julep. That's it. I'm done. I'm fucking done. You know who got discharged was... Finny. Was Kirk. <laughs> oh, no, I realized that. And the, and the girl, and the dude's wife there. Yona, the witch doctor. Oh, no. She was yeah. discharging all over the place. Yeah, she was. The old put-your-mouth-on-anything-you-can That's right. That's another failing of this goddamn episode. They really took the, like... Garden of Eden thing way too far. It's like, yeah, I mean, technically speaking, the Klingons fuck things up first. Mm-hmm. But then she's the one amongst the otherwise people, otherwise peaceful hill people. Being like, no, we need guns too. We need to murder too. Oh, I want that. And then when she decides her husband's too weak, she's going to steal the phaser and give it to the other guy. It's like, wow, way to play right into the trope of the like evil fucking ruining everything woman writer of this you episode. Know, women are treacherous. That, clearly. Yep, it's true. Yep. Um, she didn't but, even have to listen to a snake tell her that. Well, Kirk Snake. That's true. The, the guns are the snake. snakes. Fire sticks. Big fire sticks. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am. They're called heaters. <laughs> uh, oh, God. That fucking scene where she tries to turn the phaser over to those guys oh, got fucking awkward really, uncomfortable. really quick. Yeah, like, they wanted I was actually already suspecting that it was going in that direction, and then when one of them like planted his mouth on her, I was like, "Well, that Ooh. had even been sort of foreshadowed." It, had. it was easy to miss, but they were talking about they like captured a hill woman, and we're trying to figure out who to give her to. And the guy even said like, "It's hard to divide up one woman." <laughs> and yeah, he was like, yeah. "Oh, I gotta go. This isn't nice." Yikes! What was with? The fucking Mario Brothers dude. Like the leader of the village people was like, he looked like a member of the village people. He had like this <laughs> 70s mustache. Yeah, dude, he had a curly great hair. stash. Yeah, and the worst wig yet. Oh. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. Yeah, I don't fucking. Well, again, let's. I think we were talking about a bit during the year. What the fuck was the Klingon plan here? They were like, we're going to take over this little backwater for why? Maybe there's something buried in the... Maybe there's some kind of... You know, I mean, for, for that matter, deposits. I mean, if the Enterprise, and if, you know, the Federation and whoever else already know, okay, there's this planet here. It's full of medical resources that could be useful, but there's another civilization budding on it. Prime Directive says, you leave it the fuck alone, even if there's medical resources Surely. on it, because... Give, let, let the fucking 
inhabitants have the medical resources and develop themselves and figure this shit out. Don't go down there and gut the planet yourselves, like, you fucking like selfish bitch. Yeah, surely in the ex- Kirk. in the endlessness of the fucking galaxy, there's either a completely uninhabited world or one inhabited by a civilization on your level you can barter with that has what you need. Can I offer an opinion about what the Klingons might have wanted? Yeah. yeah. Please. I've just thought of it. So, as we learn in Trouble with Tribbles, uh, you know, the Klingons don't trouble, don't travel with so many, uh, whatever they said. Unnec- Comforts or whatever. Unnecessaries, unnece- whatever's, luxuries. Mm. Maybe they wanted this little Garden of Eden planet for themselves, and they thought, okay, we'll arm some of the people, they'll kill the other people, and then we'll hunt those people for sport. <laughs> that seems like Klingon R&R, doesn't it? Why are they what, are the gangsters like of Trescalian? Yeah, why not? Earth guns. Well, too. That's, like, I, that's they seems... can make them themselves. They're at the point where they configure, where they have the resources. Oh, they right, have the yeah, ability yeah. to. Yeah, they were smelting to iron build or more. Not core was like, ah, next time we come, we'll show you about rifling. Yeah. Well, although it does, oh, never mind. It does sound like they were giving <laughs> them better iron, though, because well, that's one of the things McCoy says is there's no way they could make this high quality iron in the. What the fuck? What is he, a fucking iron expert? Well, I mean, in that one fucking episode, this episode, Uhura's an expert on how long it took for humans to get from fucking pre-industrial to making flintlocks. That was 12 centuries, Captain. Yeah, that was a weird argument on the bridge. There was like a bunch of history nerds having a fight. I feel like what happened was they'd originally written that, that conversation for Kirk and Spock. But forgotten that... But then they shot Spock. Yeah, and they're like, oh shit, we can't get these lines to Spock. Uh, I guess... Scatter them between Uhura and Chekhov, or whoever it was. <laughs> and Sulu's away up doing the Green Beret, so we don't have him. And we An don't have the same Vietnam guy. film. Yeah. Sulu would probably know, because he actually has an interest in firearms. That's true, that would have made more sense, Sulu. at least. Sulu! Son of a bitch. And swords, too. And swords, and... Whatever. Tigers? Botany. 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 Yeah. Swash, general swashbuckling? Swashbucklery and botany. Now, I was very surprised at how fucking accurate those muskets were. Because... Considering they didn't have rifling. Yeah, they were well, it's because of the iron. The iron was so good. That's why. So yeah, some really good iron. Good iron. <laughs> iron. Yeah, because they they got Spock square in the back from a pretty good range. Yeah, yeah. And then shot McCoy... In the shoulder, they only they only grazed him though. It That's looks true. Like, which it is a more a, realistic thing to have happen. It was also a way more realistic looking wound than usual on yeah. on McCoy's so arm. Say, but not Spock, who didn't even have a hole in his fucking shirt from his no. his gunshot. He's, he has a self healing shirt, guys. He's a Vulcan. Yeah, that makes sense. That's one of his Vulcan powers. Actually, <laughs> never has holes in clothes. So well, see, Vulcans like, are like Kryptonians who've been living under a yellow sun. They give off a uh, an invulnerability field. That that extends like. But then how is he bleeding then? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Though. I mean, neither does Superman. That no. was actually a grass stain from tripping. Oh yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah. that would actually make more sense. That than... was the that, that was the thing I thought was really weird. Was it, they were like, okay, so he's hypnotized himself to like heal himself, but then he's able to be awake enough to be like, Nurse Chapel, quick, hit me. I need to wake up. It's like, bitch, you're holding a conversation with me. The, the Vulcan brain is a bigger mystery than the human brain. Yeah, um again, I think Kurt I think Spock just wanted to get slapped in the face a lot. Mm. Kinky. The Chapel tell, was telling me there's some kinky motherfuckers. Fist me. Fist me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be woken up. <laughs> oh, Turn fuck. me into your sock puppet <laughs> I, I want you to wear me like Kermit the Frog, Chapel. <laughs> In the total opposite direction. Maybe it would be funnier, like, 
Nurse Chapel. <laughs> Nurse Chapel, please give me raspberries on my stomach. <laughs> oh my. Just because something somehow it's... creepier than the <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was trying to be innocent, but instead it just came off as weird. Quick, tickle my armpits. <laughs> 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 You're into some I weird like how, shit. I like how the doctor, too, like he knew that was coming and he didn't want to be the one to have to do it. So he he's, just like, he's just like, just, just do whatever he says when he wakes up. Just do yeah. whatever he says. He doesn't even want we'll to. Chapel, wank me off. I need to wake up. Okay. She's like, I've been doing this while you've been asleep already. Well, <laughs> and, and Bengo walks in. Spock is just nude and covered in oil. And he's like, what's going on? He, he told me to. He woke up. To. I did not. <laughs> and I like that too. Scotty like happens to be in the Why is Scotty thing. there? I don't know, dude. Maybe he's like, fuck, I lost a finger. And then he's like, oh, no, wait. That's been gone for ages. <laughs> Who knows? His mind he's never... He's so re- drunk he forgets yeah, I die, die, die. What the fuck? Oh, shit! <laughs> Like, but yeah, he's like, what are you doing, woman? And then the fucking doctor walks in and is like, oh, she was whipping his ass. And he just starts fucking (laughs) smacking the shit out of him. This is only kind of related in the barest way, but I think we all should consider ourselves lucky that Simon Pegg wasn't so dedicated to playing Scotty that he had them remove one of his fingers. Because he's a pretty loyal nerd, so I think... But that's not really a part of Scotty's character. No, but... That's part of James Dewan's character. But I feel like he would have got... If I want to do this right, I need to also be hiding a missing finger from the cameras. (laughs) They could just put... Covered in blue tape and That's chroma true. key it out. I was just thinking that. I wish they would have done that now. I yeah. wish they actually would have done that. And then sneak a different fake hand in whenever they need it. To be <laughs> <different>. <laughs> oh, man. oh, look. Look, you can see that he's missing a finger in this one shot. <laughs> Simon Pegg has now been in Star Trek, Star Wars, and Doctor Who. Wow, the trifecta. Big, uh, big, yeah, big. Uh, if they ever do a Buck Rogers reboot, he'll be Buck Rogers. I'd watch that. Hmm. I don't know anything about Buck Rogers. Oh, yeah, it's he'd awful. be a better doctor. Uh, what's his Theopolis? name? Theopolis? No, Theopolis is the talking Simon. No, no, not him. The one that, the the like head human. You know the guy. I know that's why I said Doctor Theopolis is the Simon thing. That's why I realized that it wasn't who it was. But I can't yeah. remember that doctor's name. Yeah, neither can I. Wilma Deering. Who would play her? Probably Jennifer Lawrence. Well, no, Jennifer Lawrence is too expensive. It'd have to be like a budget Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, the Jennifer woman that played Jayla then. <laughs> she was young and hot. Jennifer right. Lawrence. She's um, is she still a thing? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. She just did a movie with Chris Pratt. She did. It was terrible by all accounts. Oh, yeah. No. Well, this plot is horrifying. If you really want, yeah, it's gross. To, like read about it just to fuck with your own head. It's called Passengers, and it's terrible. Well, hmm. I mean, we haven't seen it. No, but everything I've read about it, it's fucking. The plot is horrific. What's okay? Quick, quick, quick. What's the plot? Uh, basically, uh, hold on. Hold. Spoilers for Passengers, if you care. I mean, I think it was implied that that was what was going to happen. Yeah, but I had to make it explicit. So Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence are on a sleeper ship going far, far away. And Chris Pratt is specifically there because he has developed a creepy-ass crush on Jennifer Lawrence. And once everyone goes to sleep, he, like, wakes her up. Well, that's not quite it. So they're all on the sleeper ship, and... Chris Pratt's pod malfunctions and he wakes up. Oh, so it wasn't planned. And they're like 90 years away from landing on this colony. And yeah, he ends up like reading everyone. Everyone's like pod has files about them and he winds up creepily obsessed with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I thought he went on the ship because of her. I, he might have, I could but be wrong. I he did know. not Now you let us see the movie I did to Um, yeah, Eventually. I think so. Okay. But, but yeah, it, she, he, he wakes her up and is like, we're the only ones who are awake. But yeah, he pretends Weird. at first that her pod also oh, malfunctions. No. Just so he can totes 
banger because he's a creepy fuck. But like, which is great. It's it's a beautiful beautiful romance when they're both you know thirty years old. But you know, the first time one of them breaks a fucking arm and there's no doctors around or. I'm Whatever. sure there's automated doctors because they have Michael no, Sheen as an automated start, Yeah, bartender. but he starts to malfunction. I think they fix it, though. Do they? Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm just saying it's a little fucking creepy. Like, there's no but reason... But she's into it. There's no reason that it, that it just couldn't have genuinely been that both their pods malfunctioned. Wait, there's a... There's a, there's a robot bartender played by Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen. You know what would be awesome? If Michael Sheen was our robot the bartender. The Shining in space. I would, I would watch the fuck out of that. That would have been better if it just it wakes up Chris Pratt and it just becomes Shining in space. That yeah, where he's like, mm. he's like, I could use 90 or so years to finish my novel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, she was the writer. Oh, really? They yeah. had one of them be a writer? She was a writer. That's interesting. At, at the end, he redeems himself because he finds out there's a way to fix one of the pods and he tells her she should go in it, but then we find out she refused and they lived happily ever after until they both died. Until they both died and the rest of the crew wakes up and finds two corpses just lying there. That's basically how it ends. Ah, from what I've read. I mean, ah. I they find corpses, but they find graves or something. How the dead one buried themselves, I don't know. Uh, sorry. Weird maybe tangent Michael about... Sh- maybe Michael Sheen buried them. A horror... F- oh, maybe. Well, no, he seems like... He's on, like, a rail. How are you he's burying people on a ship? They end There's... up... It's a long story. You anyway... a lot of soil with that you. That movie is horrifying, even though I haven't seen it. Because... I kind of want to see it, to be honest. I, I would know. I would be all right with watching that movie. I mean, if Pratt and Lawrence actually bump uglies, it could be worth watching just that scene. I don't think we're going to get to see their uglies. No, they're not. Uh, so anyway, sorry, we've gone on a, yet another tangent. Yeah, that uh, one sounds we... like a better ending than we got for a private little war, where it just stops. stops. It just yeah. stops. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't just stop, because Kirk calls up the ship and tells mm-hmm. Scotty to send down a bunch of guns, and then Scotty's like, wait, what do you want me to do? And then he's like, send down some snakes! <laughs> yeah. Again, I wish, I wish they could have go back to the ship and Scotty has just made a bunch of balloon animal snakes. Yeah. Drawing little faces on them. Aww. I call this one sissy, and that one's hissy. And that one's thiffy, and that one's pithy. Look, snakes can only make so many noises, and they can Jim. only have They're so many names. They're all Jim. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. But then it just stops. It just, yeah, it just, it just sort of ends. It's just like, well, it's like I said, because they realized Vietnam was still on at the time. They didn't know how the story was going to end. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> Fucking look, guys, guys. Here's the thing. Doctor Who's already did a better Cold War metaphor with the Butter Battle Book. You failed. Now. Is Kirk like Ollie North here? Like, <laughs> what's going on? I don't, I know, I don't know enough about the Who's Vietnam War to say no. exactly who he is. So that, that's the contra. That's the idea yeah. Contra Still saying, getting there. Wait, yeah, did you say the, the Butter Battle Book is a Vietnam reference? I said it's a Cold War. Oh, Cold thing. War. Okay, okay. I was like, I don't think the Butter Battle Book's about Vietnam. I mean, yeah, the Cold War. In surprise, about the Cold War. So I mean, again, I'm sort of still <laughs> processing this, but. The cold police action? I've, I've got to really sit down and figure it out. This might have been worse than the apple. Oh. And if not, it's a very close second. It can't be as bad as the apple. It's got some things in common with the apple. Like, yeah. True. Like it's got the savage people. You know, Planet of Eden thing. Yeah, Let's break the prime directive because fun. Yeah. yeah. Not as much good makeup, though. Yeah. yeah. No, terrible wigs. Terrible. Although, really terrible I'd say wigs. Nona was more attractive than any of the women. Apple, I think. I what about I, I thought with her, with her awesome pants and her Spice Girls look. Yeah, she I did. Know, I liked her she reminded me thing. of Lucy Lawless. I was getting a that Xena Warrior yeah, Princess vibe off of her. Yeah, I was into it. That's very much my yeah. my Kirk wheelhouse. did ogle her while she was like changing her shirt or something. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, well, creepy. I don't know if he was ogling He's if he just lich. like walked in on her. No, no, there's definitely a face. 
He does have a face. Yeah, but then she comes over and she wants him, you know, she gives him her some of her, her man catnip. That's true. She's got <laughs> and he's, like, he's like playing with a ball of twine <laughs> when she steals his phaser. Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about the the Mugatu. Oh, like, yeah. The oh, yeah. You want to say about that? Yeah. So like, what I read was um, originally it had a different name. I think it was like the... It was like a different assortment of the letters in Mugatu. It was like Gamatu or something different like that. Okay. But DeForest Kelly could not, for the life of him, get that word out. And he kept saying Mugatu, so they just changed it for nice. him. Nice. Bless you, DeForest Good Kelly. Work, You're DeForest my hero. Well, you know, I mean that in all sincerity. That's amazing. So it strikes me that the costume for the Mugatu... Was shit? Look, well, it looked to me like probably something that they found in like the... the Desilu costume yeah, shop. I believe you that. You know, or like it was like the monster from. I bet you we just looked at some. some it's probably Lost movie. in Space. Yeah, some Lost in Space or 50s B movies or anything like that. It was clearly a Yeti costume that someone had glued a tail and some spikes to. Yeah. But it felt, you mentioned this too, it felt so out of place because it, it it's all white, so you'd think, ah, yes, this is an Arctic creature, yeah. not yeah. a Southern California creature. And I thought the same That's thing. That's not something that I was like, why make desert. it a Yeti? Why not make it a Sasquatch? Like, it doesn't oh, have sure. to be a yeah, Yeti. Yeah, Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yikes. With venom fangs. Oh, goddammit. What? <laughs> Mugatu is also the name of Will Ferrell's bad guy in um, Zoolander. So I tried... Googling Mugatu costume to see if there's any information online. But it's just a bunch <laughs> just of how to dress up like Will Ferrell. It's a bunch of Zoolander Halloween costumes you can buy. Oops. God damn it! God, do not want. Damn it, um, Ben Stiller. How do you spell Mugatu? <laughs> okay, like okay. This sounds. is. I don't generally like children, but this is kind of cute. Oh yeah, it's a small child dressed as a Mugatu and a small child dressed as Kirk. Oh, that is really cute, actually. Hold on, I got. I got to save this just so I can share it on the. Is it? Copyrighted? Is it someone's child? It's from StarTrek.com. So someone oh, okay. gave it to Star Trek All to right. post publicly. We'll be fine. Here's a great We're picture. We're not just sharing someone's family photos. Of so. a Mugatu playing, uh, uh, looks like a electric guitar. That's nice. amazing. Um, Good. Good. This is great radio, guys. So, <laughs> I can maybe edit this is some a podcast. Of this. And evidently, these things are an infestation because there are a lot of them. And they just pop up. Oh, yeah, you killed one, and its mate must be nearby. Yeah. Yeah, better be careful. That fight between the Mugatu and, and Nona, where all she's doing is rolling back and forth on the ground while it pounces. Oh, Jesus. Was, I think it was more, like, ex- erotic than it was vicious. That's how I felt, too. Yeah. I felt like that thing was going to try to fuck her as well. Yeah, no, that was... Well, was everything she did was episode. weirdly erotic. Like, when she yeah. was curing Kirk's Oh, bite, wow, yeah. And she's like, coming all over the place <laughs> and jamming poop in his... Maybe that was important to the process. She has to come, or else the healing doesn't work. I don't know. know. So many just just spitballing here, guys. That character. Yeah, and like poor friggin' what's his face, Uh, Tyree. Tyree. Like he has to stand around and watch her. Like, I mean, I guess she he kind of made her do it originally. So sort of. He's into that stuff, maybe. maybe I don't know, though, because then, he's, then he's when he said, sees her making out with Kirk, though, he's yeah. ready to shoot them. He said... He's got to get mad about that. He said at the beginning, like, like, oh, I'm I'm just married to you because you put a curse on me. <laughs> Isn't, wasn't that funny, honey? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then he's like, he's like, you got to cure Kirk. And I'm thinking, like, oh, well, she's going to, like, rub some herbs on him, which she does, but then she also comes all over him. It's that moving root. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, well, now, Maybe you, his route was now you belong to me, Kirk. Even though I don't think anything happened with that. 
Not really. I mean, I mean she started to make out with him at that one point. Yeah. That's because she even planned yeah, on it. Yeah, she gave him catnip and he was... Yeah, it wasn't any kind of like like psychological bond or anything yeah that's what was the implication but maybe it, maybe it's more of a symbolic ownership i don't thing. know maybe. it didn't seem to go anywhere she needs to put a collar of obedient obedience on him yeah maybe no barking kirk yeah she <laughs> uh, zapped she <sighs> shot at him <sighs> but yeah and then she gets murdered she gets stabbed in the boob until she's dead yeah yeah <laughs> that's where her people keep their vital organs <laughs> all boobs. of them yeah, the rest, the rest of them is just skeleton and like... And abs. Yeah, skeleton and abs. Abs. Butt. All the way down. Butt, yeah, abs and butt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Abs and butt like young Genji. I haven't seen That's... young Genji. Oh, Have young, I seen young, young Genji's Genji? hot. He's got like green hair. Mm. What? Mm-hmm. You're into that? Mm. Oh. No, I mean, he's just hot. The green hair isn't why he's hot. He's oh. just good looking. Well, yeah, I, I saw, think, no, I saw I think, that skin. I think he's he's lovely as he is. We've mentioned Overwatch in so many recent episodes. He wears, he wears a mask. He can't even see he's a face. fucking cyborg. He probably doesn't oh, have I a keep face anymore. Hanzo. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hanzo's all right. Okay, if you're I into that like... kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he's not really for me. I prefer Genji, but even oh, young Hanzo that, is that pretty beard, beard though. But then again, I also prefer Reaper, so I'm not really yeah, sure that my though. that's what I'm saying. I don't think that my opinion counts here. All right, so I guess having given a bit more thought, the Apple is still the worst episode because. Just nothing really happened there. Here, stuff happened. It was bad stuff, but I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like the ending of this episode just killed. It me. just stops. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking awful. Huh? I can't think of an ending. Eh, skip it. Just All right. go to credits. <laughs> yeah, no, that's basically it. But yeah, this was a pretty lackluster week. So I'm glad that we talked for an hour about anything but Star Trek this week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, so I guess, yeah, if that's it, this has been episode 25 of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, As always, do please uh, find and like our Facebook page. Uh, Do subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting application. If you have iTunes, do please rate and review us. Uh, We are on Twitter as at SSHB Podcast. We're on Tumblr, SSHB Podcast. Next week, we will be looking at Return to Tomorrow. And more excitingly, because we have been foreshadowing this for ages now, Patterns of Force. Yes. That's Jake's favorite. So look forward to that. It's going to get real. (laughs) And the best part, listeners, is that, and we didn't plan it this way, Jake's the one doing the episode summaries next week. So I expect a lot of cursing. It's going to be amazing. Mm. Uh, So for A Star to Steer Her By, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. Yes, yeah, so as I was saying earlier when I was going out of order, the immunity syndrome. Yeah, okay, go on. No, I'm not going to redo it. It's more fun this All way. All right, great. <laughs> yeah. Look, our incredible lack of professionalism, I feel, is part of our charm. It's endearing. Yes. That's, that's certainly what we tell ourselves, isn't it? <laughs> Do you agree, ten people who listen? <laughs> <laughs> Please agree with me. I'm so fun. <laughs> He's wicked fun. Uh, where the hell was I? Uh, the immunity syndrome. So... Uh, the Enterprise is headed off to some star bracer. Star brace? Star. <laughs> star brace. It's what happens when your star like, like breaks its neck. You have to put it in a star brace. Yes. Yeah. They certainly had to brace themselves many times. Ah, yes. 